This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into UBS Global Research Pod Hub. This is a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on pivotal questions and events that are shaping today's markets. The financial services industry is in the midst of a significant transformation, accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic, and electronic payments are at the epicenter of this transformation. Purchasing habits shifted pretty much overnight from offline to online and from cash to non-cash, and payment players pretty much responded very well. To give you some numbers, in 2021, total card-based transactions globally reached $19 trillion, of which e-commerce reached almost $4 trillion. That's almost triple the value from 2015. My name is Sambud Hare, Global Product Manager at UBS Research, and in this episode, we are going to be taking a high-level look at the fundamentals of the payments industry, particularly within the European landscape. And I'm delighted to have with me here today, Hannes Leitner, Equity Analyst for Payments and FinTech here in Europe. So Hannes, let's go straight into it. What is causing this huge interest in the payments world? Um, very good question, and you mentioned it a little bit. It's the explosion of payment methods. Um, it is this underlying trend to move away from ca cash to card-based payments and also alternative payment methods, which, for example, is directly payments from a bank account or from digital wallets. Uh, then uh, the, the general structural shift towards e-commerce um, and then also the globalization, cross-border uh, transactions, um, payments is not anymore when we think about currencies. Currencies historically have only been accepted in certain geographies, in certain countries or regions. Um, and those kind of imaginary walls getting breaking, broken down um, with payments. Uh, travelers want to use their cards which are used uh, in their home market. And the last thing, um, which based on all those kind of underlying drivers is economies of scale which drive um, consolidation and drive basically the need to grow um, because the, the cost base gets spread over more and more transactions. Fantastic. Now, obviously we want to talk a little bit about the trends, but before we do that, why don't we zoom out for a second and explain how the payments industry works. Yeah, so we focus clearly on the non-cash part. So everything else which is not cash and not check. Check is considered in the financial world a cash-based element. Mm -hmm. um, so if you look now at the payments model, um, simplistically speaking, we have a consumer, a customer, and then a merchant. And those guys, they want to ex exchange either goods or services. And to facilitate that in a world where we don't exchange cash or, let's say, value, uh, a value token, like a gold bar or something, um, if we have card-based uh, rails, we need to get a network of trust. On the one side, we have the customer, which basically gets a card issued by its bank. And that's the card issuer side, that's the customer side. Um, that's on the left bottom corner, if you think, of, simplistically speaking, of a four-corner model. On the top left is the customer, on the top right is the merchant. So the customer side is the card issuer. And on the merchant side, 
we have the equivalent, a, a traditionally emergent bank um, who was basically maintaining the bank accounts for that merchant. So now when we have this four corner model set up, we get in the middle of it, the networks. The networks are basically companies which bring in the rules and regulation and they kind of create the gatekeepers of the trust element. So what that now means is that we have, the very simplistically speaking in payments, we have two sides of the coin, issuing and acquiring. Why acquiring? Because acquiring means actually that's a credit process that's acquiring the purchase transaction, what the consumer pays to the merchant, but the merchant is only interested in basically receiving the money at the end of the day. And all the steps within that value chain is fulfilled by the merchant acquirer. The acquiring process is a credit process because what is if the transaction is voided through certain external elements? For example, if I book an airline ticket and the airline goes bankrupt, which is in a clearly a higher risk factor um, because of the difference between the customer uh, making the purchase, sending the money off and the services are fulfilled. If one of the parties cannot fulfill their obligation, the transaction is voided and it has to be un, un, uh, reversed and clearly the merchant acquiring bank or the acquirer would have to repay the customer in the situation of a merchant's default. So that basically creates the complexity and we have here payment companies which can plug in in certain aspects of uh, the journey uh, into different things like for example the processing on one side or just the card acceptance or also including that kind of credit process of the acquiring side. Wow, that's, that's a very clear explanation. Thank you. You mentioned e-commerce uh, in, in, the, in the first question and, and, and this has been on the rise for many years, right? Now, question is, how has it helped merchants and consumers? And if you can give us a sense of where do you see growth of e-commerce in the next few years, especially on the payment side, that would be great. So e-commerce, um, clearly in, it is in all of our minds, um, but very interestingly, 2015, e-commerce made up only 10% of, of, of global commerce, and that has grown rapidly um, at the 24% CAGR or even higher over that period, to 2021, um, essentially to reaching 21% penetration. So still only one-fifth of, um, of revenues are generated in e-commerce. Um, and that's basically driven of not only consumer shifting, but also new use cases. If we just think we used to go into a store to rent movies, now we can do that online on the click of a button. We didn't use phones in the past like little computers. Now we have uh, fancy app stores where we can download apps and pay subscription. So we consume more in the online world. And that's a fundamental driver to that e-commerce. And that's a trend which is not to stop. A trend which probably during the pandemic has seen also some elements, but probably we speak about that. And then one thing is also to mention is through that e-commerce element, we have much better information of the consumer. And that's what makes, uh, for example, if you think now about the retail market, for a sudden, I can see user patterns via cookies stored. I can cross-sect that. I can uh, see in loyalty and couponing, I see massive benefits. So a whole new data-driven 
purchase experience is happening and also merchants can get into a much closer relationship um, to their consumers which would probably not be possible in an in-store relationship unless it's really on a case-by-case -case, if you think about the Tante Emma uh, shop around the corner. Of course, that's very interesting and, and of course a lot of it has been accelerated by the pandemic. In, in, we all know what the pandemic did to our purchasing habits. Any learnings from the whole episode that, that you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah. So I mentioned before one of those key trends is cash to card. If I take now cash to card, it almost doubled in terms of the yearly cadence. So it used to be that we have roughly in Europe 100% um, uh, sorry out of the 100% possible cash uh, uh, payments transactions that we have roughly in the high 40s of the transaction value being used in cash. During the pandemic they jumped to a, a staggering 80%. Clearly we have only data until 2020. Uh, it is uh, 2022 is too young or 2021 has finished too young to have their data but we're waiting for it. There might be, what, what means, why is that such an acceleration? Because on one side we were kind of confined or, or requested to stay home. That made it tough to go to stores. So that drove us more to purchase online. And on the other side, we had also those trends because we didn't travel so much. Clearly it's more convenient than sometimes to do food orders online and do shopping online. So that's one element, then also the so that drives also the cash to card, but also drives the e-commerce to accelerate. And um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of experts in the industry speak that we didn't uh, jump one year, we kind of on user patterns, consumer behaviors, we jumped five years. That's all, some, some of those paradigms might now change. As the economy reopens, people start to travel again, but we actually only start now to see really travel um, picking up. But those trends, they will be uh, assessed going forward. Actually, I was going to ask you about that, that now that we are going back to normality, right? And um, I mean, does, what do you anticipate? I mean, what does this mean for the industry? So, so for the payments industry, there are a couple of uh, learnings and that's probably more driven than also from merchants. There is no strategy anymore to just think I only need in-store because that's where I generate most of my revenues. And on the other side, e-commerce players always understood that they need sooner or later maybe tap into the offline world, into the in-store world because of that touch and feeling of products for consumers. So I think the biggest learning from it is that merchants want to be agnostic to all channels. And what we understood also is that whole mobile uh, evolution or revolution within apps. We understand that uh, the uh, new generation is, is sticked to, uh, or glued to their phones. So by bringing all those channels together, payment companies facing that overarching pressure that to satisfy all the, the needs of the merchants to cover all those channels. And the hurdles between that is that quite often technology platforms underlying are different. Um, so that means that actually one payment company might have different technology platforms for each of those channels or even for different regions um, because of historic uh, acquisitions and consolidation efforts. And it's very difficult to migrate those platforms because they are contractually or uh, technically speaking, technically uh, challenges facing. Super, very clear. 
I'm going to just change the track a little bit. And then I have to ask this question. As we speak right now, one of the hottest topics in the market is inflation, right? And um, so tell us a little bit about how the payment companies in general are getting impacted by, by inflation. Mm. Yeah, no, inflation is clearly on top of, of, the, of our mind now probably more in Europe and the US than the last 20 years because there was very little inflation. Um, inflation means actually for payment companies because of their pricing model of taking a percentage or an absolute am amount per transaction or a percentage of the transaction value that they are mostly covered uh, or protected from that. Um, what it probably means is actually when we think about the unit recovery from the reopening of economies, so when we think about airline tickets um, and we see that capacity has not achieved yet the pre-pandemic levels, um, we actually might see that with an, uh, with an increase in, in pricing, so basically essentially inflation and, and increased pricing, um, that that is overcompensated. So we actually could see that payment companies will reach the pre-pandemic um, volumes or even surpassed it based on not only the cash to card, no, e-commerce is then less because uh, e-commerce is shifting from uh, one part of the commerce or not, but by replacing cash payments and then increasing the basket size through inflation, we could see that actually uh, the payment industry is definitely not one of the uh, impacted companies of inflation. On the other side, given the payment industry makes healthy margins because it's quite a platform-based business, um, their cost inflation side is certainly somewhat limited or it drives actually the, the whole consolidation theme of bringing more volume on the platform. So net-net, we think uh, that on revenue side, it will be supportive or they are protective, pr protected. And on the cost side, uh, we see that also limited in impact. That's that's eye-opening. All right. I mean, we're coming to the end of this of this audio. But before we end, uh, would you like to leave us with some key conclusions and the you know the latest trends that you're observing in the payments world? Yeah. So definitely two topics uh, are on top of the mind, um, which I slightly touched upon. One is embedded payments into software. Um, we all understand that one of those uh, amazing app-based uh, ride-hailing uh, networks, um, which are basically attacking the former traditional taxi rides, um, what they brought to us was basically not only that we saw the taxi approaching, we could see the timing and then we can see the route and, and that whole experience got shifted, but also in payments, our card is stored in an app and we can just very simplistically uh, by the time we arrive at the destination, we just step out of the car and the payment goes seamless behind, sometimes two hours shocking when we see the credit card bill, what the actual charge was. But what it actually brings to us is that uh, merchants and consumers want that experience in many more elements. If you think about food orders in a store, um, there, there are other uh, large uh, retailers which open purely online-based um, stores where you walk in, there is a recognition. So in Asia, you see some face recognition um, projects where a, store, uh, where, where a shopper goes into the convenience store and immediately does the purchase and doesn't need to even get out the card, the actual card or any medium. Um, and then the second trend is unified commerce, which I touched upon before, where you really cover all different channels. 
and what what that ma makes uh, is one of those if you think the fast food uh, franchise you know that covered not only or across the tilt the purchase but also that added then drive through or a curbside pickup and then later only more recently it added self checkout um, cash desk where you basically go into a tablet function and you pay and to cover all those channels that's where you also need a payment company because the payment company could combine all the data into one single true source which helps you to understand more of consumer behaviors and keeps track of it and when you then overlay that with a good experience you can add loyalty and couponing on it and that means that actually you get more targeted in your advertising space so i think those two trends um, one of those which drive innovation and drive market disruption. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Hannes. I mean, I got a very good sense of what the payment industry is all about. So that was a general overview of the payments industry, particularly uh, Hannes was focusing more on the European landscape, but I think it applies to the rest of the world as well. Thank you for visiting UBS Research Pod Hub and listening to me, Sambudha Ray, Global Research Product Manager, and Hannes Leitner, Equity Analyst for Payments and FinTech. Do tune in again for more investment insights. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, regulatory or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2022. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.